0: This episode of Pick Up the Six podcast is sponsored by Omnisend. Omnisend is an e commerce marketing service, and they're on a mission to make e commerce accessible to everyone. That means they're making it easier for small and medium sized businesses to get new customers and start making sales right off the bat. We use Omnisend to pick up the six. I just got done sending out an email blast. To our supporters. And so we're very thankful for the ability to do that. Their marketing automation tools take care of those time consuming and repetitive tasks. Again, I love their platform. It's super intuitive, really easy to use. They have great email templates. And that drag and drop is just so great. You don't have to be a web coder to use it. Anyone with a great idea, an interesting product, and some business sense can now compete with the big guys. Are you ready to start increasing your sales, but not your workload? Visit OmniSend.com and learn more today. Brandon Miller is a purpose-driven guy, and our conversation today will leave little doubt about that. And as the co-founder of the Two Fly Foundation, he's aiming to create a world where every student has the opportunity to to travel. Let's meet Brandon on this episode of pick up the six podcast. Yo, Brandon, welcome to the show. How is it going? Excited to be here. Excited for the conversation, for sure. Yeah, me too. Uh, we're recording on a Friday. I can't think of a better way to spend part of this Friday afternoon than getting a chance to hang out with you. Very blessed. A, a mutual friend of ours got us connected and said, love what you're doing to pick up the six. This is happening over the last few weeks. Love what you're doing to pick up the six. I got somebody for you. And here we are too. <laughs> we're, we're moving quick. We're, we're wasting no time. That's right, man. That's what I call, we're churning and burning over here. There we go. <laughs> uh, this, uh, these conversations we're having, man, I'm just excited to bring them to our listeners and for them to get a chance to know you. Bro, consultant, founder, author, entrepreneur, creator, change agent. What's up, man? What are you up to? Like, it seems like a little bit of everything. So who's Brandon Miller?
1: Clearly, clearly, I don't know how to sit still. Uh, <laughs> I'm spinning a lot of plates, but you know, at the end of the day, I, when people ask, you know, who are you? What are you passionate about? Um, Like you mentioned, I I love walking in my purpose. And like once I was really kind of clear on my purpose and the impact that I wanted to make when it comes to promoting equity and whatever type or flavor of work that I'm doing, bridging gaps, creating opportunities and access, um, I don't hesitate to lean in. So whether it's Um, You know, doing the work at Clarkson Consulting. um, I'm really passionate about the diversity, equity, and inclusion space, uh, helping our clients and companies in in, in that regard. Uh, Two-Fly Foundation, creating equity when it comes to travel, providing opportunities for students and under-resourced communities, authoring books to help highlight and tell the stories of entrepreneurs of color, um, or kind of my personal platform and mantra of being great and and really just motivating folks to, to walk in their passion and find their purpose. So as you said, uh, I I keep myself busy, but everything really has kind of fallen under that umbrella. So I'm really blessed to do the work that I do.
0: I want to get to know you and and get a little background on you too, but I mean, have you distilled it down that purpose for you? Have you distilled it down to a sentence or two? I mean, that, that you kind of walk around with every day?
1: Yeah, yeah, it's it's really, um, you know, I, I find my purpose to be bridging gaps and providing access and opportunity.
0: Mm-hmm. You know,
1: that that's right. it. And it, it looks different depending on the work that I'm doing, but at the core, that's really, you know, what my purpose is.
0: So there's so much uh, empowerment in that, right? When, when you are able to be aware enough, and it probably took you time figuring out what that looked like. You know, I, I know in the last two years for me, I feel like I've locked in on that purpose personally, to connect people to something bigger than themselves. Mm -hmm. And that's taken different shapes and forms. But I find when when you get empowered by that, and then when you look back on your life, you're like, well, look at these examples of how I've done this or how you've done it in your world. There is some empowerment in that, man, for sure.
1: Absolutely. I I think one of the lessons that I learned kind of like in hindsight as well is, you know, you, you look back and there's a lot of things that you sign up to do that you really had no business doing, you know, when you're when you excel in in a certain area, you often kind of get tapped and and you get pulled into all of these different things. And I definitely experienced that growing up, uh, especially in college, you know, just a number of involvements. I started a number of different businesses, tried, failed and and pivoted. Um, But now that I've been able to articulate that purpose and, and understand it, it helps provide some clarity in my path forward, right? I know what to say no to, I know, yeah. you know, what I really want to double down on. And I, I'm sure you feel the same way now that you have some clarity. Dude, I, I,
0: what, there's something in that too, right? What to say no to. Yeah. Because you, you, it, even with all those different things I just listed, you can't do everything. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean maybe that you're supposed to do everything. Does this meet my purpose? Can I serve the people that I was born to serve, right? Like when you're living in your purpose, you're doing what you were born to do for those who you were born to serve. So maybe it gives you an opportunity to say, I don't know if that, you know, if that takes me down that, that path, you know?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I guess I'll take the moment to, to share a little bit about myself yeah, and please. Kind of like how I've gotten to this space. Um, so as a kid, I, I moved, uh, moved around a lot. My dad was in sales. Um, so I was moving like every year and a half. So mm. One thing that that taught me is like how to adapt, change, make new plans, pivot, you know, really fast. Um, you know, I grew up or I claim uh, Denver, Colorado as my hometown. Um, and looking back, one of the things that I often share with folks is, you know, I grew up very blessed, you know, two parent household, you know, a lot of opportunities and privileges afforded to me. And as I started to kind of go out on my own in, in college and post-college um, tying this to my purpose, I did realize that I was blessed in my upbringing to be a blessing to others and to be able to help others. Um, and I, I think at my foundation, you know, I'm so grateful for my upbringing for that, but um, but, you know, as I as I got into college, was very involved. I went to school at Georgia Tech, studied biomedical engineering, um, minored in technology and management. And as I mentioned, after college, got into to management consulting. But the work that I was doing at the time didn't feel to be enough. It wasn't necessarily fulfilling mm when we think about our purpose and our passion. And that's why I've always kind of had that entrepreneurial mindset and starting these different uh, initiatives or businesses or blogs or podcasts, whatever, whatever, you know, crossed my path at the time. Uh, And over time, I really started to kind of align on that passion and that purpose that that I articulated earlier. So, you know, I really I like to ground myself in my upbringing and my experiences and the people that I've crossed paths with with along the way because that's really provided that clarity and that focus as as far as to what I'm doing now.
0: You know, in having been able to live those life experiences, how much does that drive, you know, you talked about equity earlier. And let's mm-hmm. jump right into Two Fly Foundation because I think yeah. like it's a great opportunity to talk about. We're going to come back and talk about the Be Great brand and, you know, book you've written, podcast you got going on. But let's jump into the to the two fly thing because I think it it coincides very much with that. You talked about, men being blessed in a two-parent household and, right, and having sort of the things y- you needed, but that, that's not the case for so many. So let's talk equity first,
1: mm-hmm. right? And
0: then we'll talk about two fly because I think it'll set us up nicely there. What's missing? What's missing in this conversation right now?
1: Yeah, w- when it comes to equity, I really you know when i have conversations about the topic it really comes down to access and opportunity yeah right and it's understanding for those that have privilege and that looks like a lot of different things you know recently it's it's really been a race conversation but privilege goes well beyond race as well um i was afforded access to things and opportunities in, in college i was able to study abroad in france i spent a summer uh just traveling all around europe and you know, tying this to the travel space and the origin of Fly, you know, myself and my co-founder, Bola, um, we both were able to study abroad. We were able to um, learn about, you know, global perspectives, learn the value of diversity in a different cultural context in the United States, able to develop our leadership skills, uh, our independent skills, and our maturity because of that opportunity and that access that we had. And, upon coming back from studying abroad and looking back at the value that it brought, Mm. there's so many students that don't have that that opportunity or that that access um, or might have certain opportunities, right? They might be able to get a scholarship to study abroad but they don't have the ability to pay for their flight or pay for their passport or pay for their luggage or pay for food and housing while they're traveling. Um, so there's a lot of ins and outs to the equity conversation and the travel space that we really um, leaned on Two fly uh, to, to solve and to, to help support. So that's really the origin behind it. And that's why equity is at the, the core of what we're trying to
0: do with Two fly foundation. Where'd you get to, tra- where'd you get to travel to when you're studying abroad?
1: Uh, let's see. So I, I studied in Metz, France, uh, spent a lot of time in Luxembourg, which is like a quick train ride away. Germany. Uh, I remember going to Barcelona, to Madrid, um, Amsterdam, London, Paris, Man, I, think, over I, I your- think we hit like 12 countries yeah. Yeah. in a, in
0: a summer. Yeah. Would you have a favorite spot?
1: I have th- I have favorite spots for different reasons. So um, I'm a big Jay Z fan. Okay. Um, so I watched the that watched the Throne tour with Jay Z and Kanye West in Germany. So that was a highlight. Um, Luxembourg was a, a country that I had no idea even existed before. You know, I went to France um, and spent a lot of time there. Um, the, the cultural just like mix and the diversity of people in Luxembourg was like it was really cool. Um, and then, you know, Paris was like a check the box, like you got to love Paris. So that, that was another favorite.
0: Yeah. That's cool, man. That's very cool. All right. So the mission of this organization is Mm -hmm. to help kids, students who might not have those opportunities get there. So what kind of work are you guys doing?
1: Yeah. So, um, I like to kind of describe our work as like a timeline of how we've progressed as an organization, right? When we started, you know, myself and my friends and my co-founder Bola, as I mentioned, like we just wanted to throw a happy hour and raise money to buy some passports for students. We're like, we're young. We just graduated. We love like the happy hour scene after work. Let's just throw one and raise some money. Right. And we did that with a goal of just raising money to provide passports for students that needed them. And that slowly kind of snowballed into a larger, more impactful and intentional organization, uh, five years later. Um, so we do a lot of work in working with individuals, businesses, and corporations to raise funds, to kind of fund our foundation. And through our foundation, we provide passports to students and student organizations, as well as travel grants to help kind of supplement and provide travel needs. So we call that our passport partners program. So that's kind of the core of what we do from a fundraising aspect. Um, the second bucket would be our, uh, Two fly fundraiser mm-hmm. and that Two fly fundraiser is basically our traveling fundraiser, our traveling event, um, that we use to raise money. So we'll, we'll throw happy hours. We'll throw brunches. We'll throw day parties, things like that to raise money, really targeting young professionals. Um, So that helps us kind of like galvanize a community of folks that appreciate travel, that want to learn about travel um, and community is really core to what we're trying to do. Um, So that's the second piece. And then the third would be two of our programs. So we have an in-school program called Flight Academy. And you can think about this as like a pep rally style event to just get students excited to travel.
0: Yeah, I saw a video. It looked like it was a great time.
1: Yeah, yeah. So we'll we'll bring in DJs, we bring in dancers, we have like, snacks and foods from different countries around the world. And we we leverage that to get students excited, but then also to share resources, Mm. share opportunities, as we mentioned, uh, in the equity space. Um, So that's a lot of fun. We we really get students excited in that space. And then the last one that I'll speak to, um, so our fourth program would be travel at home. Mm. And this was kind of our pet project over the last year. Uh, once the pandemic hit and we're like, okay, the core of our foundation is to help students get abroad. And there's nobody's, no going, anywhere. nobody's <laughs> going nowhere, right? We're all, we're all at home on the couch. Right. So like, okay, are we going to twiddle our thumbs for a year? Or are we going to try and pivot and do something impactful? Uh, so we created a virtual reality program where we mail students a VR headset, what? we send them a curriculum, we send them um, and their family like swag from across the world, snacks, all of the things. Uh, and they get to travel across the world from the comfort of their home, but also learn about technology, aid in their education, provide community within their family and a new experience. Um, so we rolled that that program out last year uh, and that's a lot of fun as well.
0: What a cool, what a cool story, man, about, look, pandemic's been terrible, right? It's been tough on everybody a year and a half. But what a way to pivot uh, yeah. into that. How how quickly were you guys like, we got to do something. We got to get something going here.
1: Yeah, it is funny. So the way that our team works, it's it's a team of nine of us. Um, and we meet every other week or so. And we, we did do a virtual fundraiser at the, you know, I think it was March or April uh, at the top of the pandemic. Right. So that was a lot of fun. It was, it was part of um, one of our core programs. So had the fundraiser. And then afterwards we are like, okay, everybody loved the fundraiser. It was was a great time. We raised all this money, but what are we gonna do? Like, what are we gonna do? Um, And we just had like a brainstorming session that just spiraled into like, what about VR? Well, we can send it to students home. we can
0: send them anywhere.
1: Yeah, exactly. And, and and it really just kind of snowballed. We took a couple months to, to really come up with our curriculum because we wanted to make sure that there was an educational component. Um, And, and the rest was history.
0: Where have you sent them with the VR stuff? Where, where, where are some of that curriculum taking them?
1: Yeah. So uh, we have five countries and I hope I can remember them off the top of my head right now. So we have Ghana um, as one, we have uh, Tokyo, Japan, we have Amsterdam, We have Belize, and I'm missing one. Four or five is okay,
0: man. That's pretty good. All right, four out
1: of five, 90%. Yeah, okay. (laughs) It's not bad at all.
0: Where have you sent students in the the actual physical program? Where have they been able to travel abroad to pre-pandemic, and hopefully as we're coming out of this thing where they'll be able to go in the future here?
1: Yeah, so um, the way that our program works is we we typically partner with students that already have a program in mind that they want to go to or an organization that's already planning to take students uh, to a a specific location. So some of our more popular locations have been um, Costa Rica. Um, and we partnered with an organization called show me Costa Rica now called show me the world. Mm -hmm. Um, a number of our students have gone to Senegal and Ghana, uh, a good chunk have gone to Tokyo. Um, I think those are the three most popular, but we've sent students to just about every continent outside of Antarctica at this point.
0: Man, that's wild. That's awesome. The website there guys is to fly. Foundation.org. t-o-o it's also a pretty sweet name by the yeah way.
1: yeah <laughs> it. and it happened pretty organically too we were struggling with the name we're just like oh we're two fly yeah. that landed that's right, right yeah
0: <laughs> no, i like it a lot uh twoflyfoundation.org what else do we need to know about it
1: yeah I, if you're interested if this is something that excites you we're always looking for as i mentioned passport partners knows mm-hmm. to help us uh enact and enable the work that we do, but a lot of what our focus is, and and we're really intentional about our culture and and how we work, is we like to to keep that grassroots and communal feel. So if there's a city that we can have a fundraiser, if there's local businesses that want to participate, we do a lot of partnerships with local artists and singers and songwriters to bring them to our events. Uh, we want to be a platform for change, not only for our students but the communities in which we serve as well. So, feel free to reach out to us. You can you can find our contact information on our website um, to support. And you know, one of our, our next goals. I'll just put this in the atmosphere because I'm a big fan yeah. of manifesting things. Throw it out there. Is, Throw it out there. Yeah, is, is going to be our um, Beyond Borders program. So, uh, we're looking for 2022, 2023. We'll be taking students with Two Fly Foundation um, to Belize, and we'll be doing um, some educational events, some community service events, we'll be exploring culture through um, art, um, and it'll be likely a week-long program with some students. So that's what we're building next.
0: Damn, that's awesome, man. Let yeah. me read a couple statistics here. 96% of study abroad alumni claim increased self-confidence and maturity. of students that study abroad feel as if it built valuable job skills. And then here's one from that equity conversation. 31% increase in graduation rate of black students that studied abroad compared to those that didn't. So you're having a positive impact there.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. And you're too fly along the way as you're doing it, which is pretty sweet. That's it. Dude, you got your own podcast too. So tell me a little bit about the Transformation Talk podcast.
1: Yeah, yeah. So this is this is the newest project and, and initiative, and I started this with uh, my colleague and friend Evan Shirley at, at Clarkston with me. And the the foundation of that podcast is really, you know, we talk about the. the I'm using air quotes. You can't see me. Um, transformation has become like a buzzword, right? Yeah. In, in all aspects, we wanna we want org transformation. We want to transform our business. But we were, we were like trying to dig into that. We were getting a lot of like grandiose textbooks and mindsets and frameworks. We weren't getting much like candid conversations about this is what it really is at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah give me some tactical,
0: give me some tactical, like exactly. let's get into it. Right.
1: So the goal of the podcast is really just to have these candid conversations with business leaders. And we talk about, you know, lessons that they've learned along their journey, their failures and how they pivoted and recovered from those their successes, Um, and we really want to create just tangible actions and outcomes that folks can take, no matter if you're a student or you're a CEO, when it comes to your transformation journey, and and transformation looks different, right? It can be people, it can be process, it can be product, it can be technology, it can be transformational leadership, Uh, but we really wanted to get down to just like the nuts and bolts of like, this is what it is through just true, honest, vulnerable stories,
0: yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, you've seen a lot, right. Learned a lot along your way, but the beautiful thing I, I would assume by sitting in the chair of host and carrying these conversations is every episode you're probably learning. New yeah. stuff. What's that like? Yeah. It's
1: like, I was telling Evan this after one of our recordings, I was like, I feel like I learned more in tw- a 20 minute conversation than like an MBA class can give over the course of a semester because it's real. You see it. You, you also feel and you probably get this with your podcast, you can feel the passion and you can feel like the emotion behind the stories, um, which really resonates as well. Um, So it's definitely a a learning experience. And I feel like in the short, you know, two months of us recording and and putting out these episodes, it's transformed, uh, I guess, no pun intended, how I think and how, you know, the work that I do in consulting, but also outside of, you know, the corporate workspace, Uh, those fundamentals are, are invaluable.
0: Someone feels like they're stuck, right? Mm -hmm. Like, man, you know, I'm kind of nine to five and then Monday to Friday, you know, they feel like they're stuck. What do you, what do you tell them?
1: Yeah, I feel, you know, I've been there at, at points in my career and my actions when I get into that, that space is like really having that like introspective conversation of, Okay, if I could do anything in the world, if I could do anything with my career, what would that be? What does that look like? And I try and build that into the work that I do either in my nine to five Mm -hmm. or I supplement my nine to five with that outside of work. So at the point when I was like really like doing all of these different initiatives and like starting writing books and starting podcasts and this, that and the third, it was a place in my career. I was like, okay, I'm not getting necessarily everything out of you know, my nine to five at this given moment. let me supplement that work with things that I'm passionate about outside. Um, and then there will also be moments where I think you can you can find ways to align your passions and what you want to do with the work that you're that you're doing. and I, and I think You know, my work in the diversity, equity and inclusion space at Clarkson was a testament of that. Right. We didn't necessarily have diversity, equity and inclusion as one of our service offerings. We weren't doing this work with our clients, but it was something that I was really passionate about. And we kind of just started having those conversations internally and doing the work internally. And because that passion is contagious. Right. We started to build folks that were really interested in this work inside of Clarkson. And that turned into, hey, okay, well, we're doing this at Clarkson. Mm-hmm. Let's figure out ways that we can we can help our clients in this space. How can we combine our expertise as an organization or our expertise in, you know, consulting with this area of passion and turn it into something new? And, and that's really that was very intentional in, in the work that I was doing is I knew what my North Star was going to be. And this is what I would tell somebody because I think I'm rambling at this point. But oh dude, I love it knowing where my North star is and knowing, okay, that's not going to happen tomorrow. We're not going to start a diversity practice tomorrow. And it might not be a year. It might be three years, but at least I have a direction that I can start building work, building influence, um, you know, expressing passion in and incrementally we'll get there. And and that's what like the past, you know, two to three years of my career has been is like taking those baby steps, having those conversations, building community, uh, making it contagious, making it sticky. And now we're at a place where I'm really enjoying the work that I do.
0: Yeah, but I'm hearing you say too, like, don't just, if you're frustrated and fed up, don't just be like, I'm quitting, it's over. Yeah, You know, like you gotta be, you gotta be smart and mm-hmm. find opportunities to bring those passions and pursue them. Or like you said, in a measure way, okay, look, I know where I wanna get to, but maybe I need to keep doing these other things for now or find find ways, we're living in such a time where technology gives us the opportunity to just do more, to, yeah. to do more, to be able to be more, to connect with more people. Look at the conversation we're having today. Yeah, We could have absolutely. done this 10 years ago unless we had a radio station or something. Maybe right, like, not 15, 20 years ago. It would have been totally different, man. But now we're yeah. able to do this and then we're able to talk about what you're doing and talk about what we're doing over here and share it in this space. It's absolutely,
1: cool. absolutely. Cool. And, and, and I'll also add to that, Is like you have to make sure that you are in spaces where your passion and your purpose can be celebrated or can be nurtured so there there might be places uh whether it's a nine to five or it's you know whatever it might be that your passion isn't celebrated and you're you're told nope we're not doing that we can't do that and and you're you might be spinning your wheels and that might be why you're stuck if that's the case sometimes you do have to put yourself in a new environment where, where your talents can be appreciated, celebrated, and cultivated. Um, so I, I wouldn't say that that's the end all be all of like figure out with what you have, what you
0: can make yeah, happen. Man.
1: Sometimes you gotta, you gotta open the door and go into a new room.
0: Yeah, you can't shortchange yourself, that's for sure. Yeah. You gotta bet on yourself too. Absolutely. Right, as you go through it. Diversity, inclusion, equity. Yep. I'm gonna use the royal we, what do we gotta do, man?
1: Yeah. I think um, there's a lot of things that we we got to do uh, at, at the end of the day. Um, I would say the first thing we have to do is we need to get uncomfortable. Mm. There's a, a lot of, I don't even want to say just leaders, just a lot of people don't like being uncomfortable or don't like not having all of the answers. And that's one of the roadblocks as to why we're not making as much progress in this space is, we're, we're scared to sit down and listen and, and be wrong and be told that, you know, we might be doing things the wrong way because our ego and our pride, you know, get into that space. Um, so I definitely say that, you know, the first thing is put yourselves in, in situations to get uncomfortable. And that might look like having conversations with folks that have a different perspective than you. It might be sitting down and taking the time to educate yourself on perspectives, scenarios, histories that you might not be privy to. Um, so that's the first step. And that's all about awareness.
0: And listening, but, man. And just, and some, sometimes you just need a, li- sometimes your role is mm-hmm. just to listen. Yep. Don't have to fire back a response on everything. The blessing and the curse, is, curse of social media is we're able to connect with each other and talk, but it also means we got to respond to every damn thing that happens. No, you don't. Nope. <laughs> no, you don't. Sometimes you just need to listen and take it in a little bit.
1: Yeah.
0: And you yeah. might not agree, by the way, but can I learn something, can yep. I learn something along the way? That, about that's it right there. You. By the way, if somebody says something different than what you believe, it's not a personal, it's not always a personal attack about mm-hmm. what you believe. That's just their perspective. You got to be able to just listen sometimes.
1: Yeah. And my challenge to folks that, that feel that way, because it's, it's pretty common, you know, sure. if someone says something that you don't agree with, it's a personal attack on you. Why do you feel that way? Why do you feel like someone else sharing their perspective is a personal attack? And if you can get to the root of that, you're going to make some progress in the space because a lot of that is ego and, and pride and privilege kind of enter in the psyche. But if you can sit back and say, oh maybe I don't have all the answers or maybe I don't agree with this person, but they're living a different experience and have a different perspective than me. And that's okay. I need to, you know, sit down and listen and and understand truly understand what, where they're coming from. Um, so that's all about awareness, but what we're really missing right now in my perspective is action. Like we got to do something we can sit learn and listen all day, but if we're not going to change our behavior, if as an organization, we're not going to change our culture, policies, procedures. Um, you know, as a friend, we're not going to change the rooms or the spaces or being comfortable calling other people out on things that are wrong. If we're not changing and, and changing our behavior, we're not we're not going to move forward. Yeah, we might be smarter, but yeah. nothing's going to change at the end of the By day. The way, right?
0: I mean, like I'm not trying to be so cut and dry with it. Mm-hmm. I'm a pretty firm believer in you're either accelerating or you are decelerating Mm -hmm. and and it doesn't have to be massive, massive gains all the time. Right. Yeah. Be 1% better. It could be an inch more. I mean, like, but, but are you, are you taking action to move something forward? Because Mm -hmm. otherwise then you are just spinning wheels like we talked about. So are you accelerating or decelerating? Are you accelerating your career right now or are you decelerating? Are you accelerating your family life right now? Are you decelerating? Are you accelerating your fitness? What do you need to be doing to be taking care of yourself? Are you like in your faith, right? All these different, can be a lot of different things. What are mm-hmm. you doing there to get some action? And I think where people get so overwhelmed in all this, and maybe in the equity conversation, like, I don't even know what I can do. What am I supposed to do? Uh, let's come up with one thing mm-hmm. to, to help yeah. move conversations forward, to help bring communities together. Mm-hmm. Got to be something out there.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. It's funny that you mentioned that, uh, and, and some of the trainings that we do, um, when I facilitate, I'm, I'm all about action. As you heard, I ask every single person that's a part of the seminar or the training to on a note card, write down one thing you're committed to doing. Mm -hmm. I don't care what it is. It could be, you know, I'm going to sleep uh, uh, an extra minute. And that way I can meditate on X, Y, and Z. I don't don't care what it is. I'm
0: committed to saying hi to someone as I walk down the street. Bro, you could do that tomorrow.
1: Yep. (laughs) And, And we can take all of those commitments. And if I put them up on a board, all of these tiny little things that we think are minuscule, when I now have an organization of thousands of people committing to one thing, think about how big of a change that will that will lead. Think about the different conversations, the different perspectives that you're going to have because everyone decided to do one little thing. So when folks say oh it's small, it's not really going to move the needle, it it will. It, it ta- it's a piece of the pie at the end of the day. Um so I love that you brought that up. That's something that I'm a firm believer in.
0: Yeah, I feel you on the uncomfortable thing too. I'm going to go back to that. Yeah. It's not easy, right? Like especially if that uncomfort really has you doing some introspective work mm-hmm. right? um and but sometimes it's it's incredibly necessary and uh I think if we got more into that the the challenge I have, and I don't know what the best answer is 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 we are living in a society right now where more and more people are feeling like if you say something contradictory to what I believe, it's as if you're coming after me personally over it. You know, if you get cut off in traffic, I, no, nobody really did that to you on purpose. Yep. Most of the time, that's why they call them accidents, car accidents. It's not mm-hmm. a on purpose to right? like smash into you. But it's like the reaction is just. So I think a lot of it is just find an opportunity to to stop and pause yourself before you react that way. Lean in on what your strength of purpose is, right? Or how you can help in your community. I think I think I think sometimes you just got to take. Take a pause before yeah. I just react. Mm-hmm. I do it all the time, man. There's a lot of times where I'm like, I gotta pop this email off. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> nah, yeah. man, slow down a little bit. Slow down. Yeah, down. exactly. Exactly. I think one of the
1: the spaces that I've intentionally tried to be uncomfortable in over the past, you know, year or so is the topic of like inclusive language. Right. Mm. A lot of us will say, you know, hey guys, thanks, guys, you know. Um, those types of things, maybe use colloquialisms and, mm. and idioms that, um, you know, aren't necessarily the best use of words. And, you know, one of my friends at, at Clarkson, I encourage them to to call me out. They just say, if you catch me saying, Hey guys, like you have my permission to say, Hey, maybe you should say, Hey y'all, or yeah. Hey folks, or whatever yeah. it might be. Yeah. And I think the value in that is one, it, it makes me uncomfortable and it makes me slow down to your point and think about what I'm saying before I say it. But two, it makes everybody else that I'm communicating with think about their word choices now. And when I, you know, open up a call and I say, hey guys, oh, I mean, hey y'all, everybody else stops and think, well, why did he do that? Oh, maybe, you know, right. there's something about the language. Oh, maybe I should start thinking about doing that. Um, so it's very much a you know uh, a snowball effect or you know your choices when you slow down you get uncomfortable will positively affect those that that you're interacting with yeah. as well
0: you know what's uncomfortable admitting in living that you're not the center of the universe
1: mm-hmm. it
0: ain't all about me <laughs> right like that's there's there's a level of uncomfort that comes with that oh
1: my goodness yes right Yes,
0: you know yeah, sure. thinking uh Thinking it revolves around me, as I like to say, you got to disavow yourself of that notion, big and... <laughs> oh, yeah. And quickly. <laughs> Real quick. Real <laughs> yeah. quick. That's yeah. for sure. Listen, man, I was looking at the Be Great brand, and I yeah. saw these awesome t-shirts about accountability, and in the description of the shirt, it says, Iron Sharpens Iron. Yeah. And I was like, what's branding up to with that? I thought that was oh, cool.
1: yeah. that So that was another one of those, like, I'm bored, let me spin something up, let me, let me try something out, mm-hmm. um, but at, at, I'll start with the Be Great brand. That was probably <laughs> one of the first, you know, brands that I started. Um, and it really kind of followed like my personal mantra of like whatever I'm doing, I'm going to give 110%. I want to be great at it. I'm going to invest the time, the work and the effort, you know, to be great at the end of the day. Um, and I created like these simple shirts that just say be great, big, they're, they're nothing like super stylish, nothing that you'll see on like fashion week. But that's what I like about them. (laughs) Yeah. And the purpose behind that was I want it to be about the mission behind the shirt. I want you to be proud to have the shirt. I want you to know that when you put the shirt on that says be great, that you're going to put your best foot forward no matter what you're doing. And I wanted to kind of create that spirit behind the brand. Um, So really, that's that's the uh, origin I'm big into fitness. I I love working out. I love doing Spartan races and fitness competitions and all the things. So I was like, okay, well, let me figure out another way that I can tell this story um, or kind of tell a similar story. And that's where accountability started. Another super simple shirt, nothing fancy, but with that shirt, you're saying, okay, I'm going to be accountable, not really just to my physical fitness, Mm -hmm. but just to myself, right? I'm going to be accountable to putting my best foot forward, taking care of my physical health, my mental health, all of the things, but also I'm gonna be accountable to those that I care about. And so we really started this accountability movement yeah. where it, it was maybe a few years ago on Instagram where I would be working out, I would do hashtag accountability and I would tag eight eight people. Yeah. And those eight people now have to make sure that they're working out, doing something to hold themselves accountable. they tag eight people. And it caught on like so quickly. And and it's kind of like that exponential spread of just everybody being accountable and posting it on social media. So it was a really cool experience. I call it a case study because I was just trying to see how quickly something like this would catch on. Um, But again, it's the the mission and the motivation behind the apparel, not the apparel itself.
0: I feel like I'm seeing more and more of that now, Mm -hmm. especially in the Instagram space where you're seeing these communities Mm-hmm. form up uh i'm seeing it in a lot of people that i follow and and they're starting to follow like y- you kind of get to know people and there is some level of i just saw this guy in his story out there getting after it. i'm gonna go out there and get after it by the way if you're wearing that i love ice cream this okay. is an ice cream <laughs> thing if i'm wearing that accountability shirt and i walk up to the freezer and i open it up and i look at the ice cream but then if i look down at my shirt <laughs> like, yeah well probably ought to just uh Live what, right. I'm, what I'm wearing here. Yep, yep. You know what I mean? There's something to that for sure. I like the one that says haters on the front too. Uh, uh, doubters. doubters. Doubters, doubters, doubters. That's right. That's right. Doubters.
1: <laughs> well, if you, you got doubters, those are haters too. There'd so. be haters as well yeah. too. Yeah. And yeah, that was another one of the ones where, and it, it's interesting. I'm I'm going in a different direction here, but Do a it. lot of the, the, the apparel and the messaging behind the Be Great brand are just like reflective of like where I'm at. In my life or what I'm experiencing. So when I launched the the doubter apparel, I was just, if I'm being vulnerable, having a lot of like self-doubt. It was like one of the periods where I was like, okay, I'm doing all of these things. I have all of these brands, but I'm missing like the alignment to my purpose, or I'm in rooms that, you know, I have the imposter syndrome and I feel like, how did I get in this room? Am I even deserving to be in this room? So there's a lot of doubt. And that's what I kind of told myself. Nope, we gotta, we gotta overcome the doubt. And uh, Muhammad Ali is one of my favorite kind of figures. So I really rooted the, the campaign and the brand and the messaging behind, uh, behind him and his story. And if you know anything about Muhammad Ali, he had zero doubt, he had all the confidence in the world, and he'd make sure you knew it. Um, so that was really the origin behind that shirt. Yeah, I love it.
0: Where can folks go find that stuff?
1: Um, if you go to my personal website, brandonemiller.com, that's where you can find everything.
0: Everything. That's yeah. where I went the other day, and I was like, this guy is getting after it.
1: Yeah, yeah. Across the board.
0: What's next, man?
1: Um, what is next? I that's a great question. Um I was actually having this conversation with my brother this past weekend about like where where I want to go, where I feel like God's calling me to be most impactful personally, right? So we have these brands and these platforms that are impactful in their own right. And we have teams that support all of those. But I think my next question is like, what what is next for Brandon and how can I make a, a larger impact? Um, and I'm really looking to like be able to bundle, you know, the work that I've done in motivation, the the, mo- the, the work that I'm doing and kind of like creating a personal brand and creating brands. To help others do the same. So, um, a lot of it's going to be in speaking. A lot of it's going to be in some coaching. Um, but I really want to make sure I'm being intentional about alignment and everything that I'm doing um, in my nine to five as well. How can everything kind of be in alignment with that purpose that I talked about in the beginning? So, yeah,
0: that's exactly More to, exactly. More to come. More to more come. To, I get the sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah sure. There's more to come. Tell us your website again, one more time. Uh, brandon e. Miller.com. man what a fun conversation today man i really Hello. really enjoyed it i kind of like to do it again at some point like we'll catch up with you and see what you're up to down the road brandon thanks so much for joining us sharing your story talking about man the service before self that you put forward in your work obviously there's strength, the strength of purpose and this awesome work to impact communities close to you but also man spread around the world really enjoyed it today brandon
1: Absolutely, and I appreciate you having me. This was a great conversation, and whenever you want to have me back, you know where to find me.
0: Done. He's Brandon Miller. I'm Brian Jodis. This has been Pick Up the Six Podcast.